there's no better feeling than a personal win. And the State Farm Personal Price Plan can help you do just that. Talk to a State Farm agent today to learn how you can bundle and save with the personal price plan. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices are based on rating plans that vary by state. Coverage options are selected by the customer. Availability, amount of discounts and savings, and eligibility vary by state. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. This one is about traitors. Is Mason Mount a traitor? I don't know. I don't think Mount was a Chelsea boy. He just... Okay. Under the Champions League. Is Michael Owen the most all-round hated player of all time? But again, like, he's, he's won the Premier League of Manchester United, one of the biggest sporting institutions in the world. They got to play under... Nah, like, he doesn't regret it at all. You wouldn't have had Bale against uh, Michael. Oh, I see where you go with this. You really go off at a, a load of different uh, strands with this, don't you? Hello, everybody. Welcome back to The Ripple Effect. I've got a fantastic guest this week. He's come a long way. We've, it's the collab that we've been waiting to do. For um, bloody w- ages, Waiting man. is literal because you're about waiting three hours for my train to get here. So sorry about that, James. But we're here. We're here. Wipe so the sweat off our heads and we're, we're good to go. The Irish guy is with me. He is wonderful. He's on YouTube. Um, he's killing it. He's, in, very he's independent, oh, isn't he? Stop it. He's on his stop own it. now. Too kind. He's taking all that revenue. Oh, Jim, it's too <laughs> much. I'm blushing. I'm blushing over here. Um, thank you, mate, for coming down. Appreciate Love it. it. Loving it. Uh, we're going to do two podcasts this week. Uh, the one that you'll see later this week will be us having a look at some of the worst predictions ever to be heard, I guess. There's some bad ones in there, I can tell you that. There's some Ooh. shockers in there. And it's what's even worse is probably the tier list itself because the tiers are all over the place. But it's, it's just a vehicle for discussion, guys. 100%. As you 100%. should know by now. Maybe don't watch that one, Rory, if you're out there. Don't. Don't, <laughs> don't tune into that. Yeah. Correct. Just skip the first 10 minutes. Um, so, yeah, we're going to do a second, well, first podcast. We've just done that one. And this one is about traitors. Uh, for any of you who know my content, you'll know that I love the traitors. And I thought this would be fantastic because when someone turns their back on a, a team, there's a lot of people that are angry. We're a country and the Irish flag, but go on. <laughs> well, yeah, we will get to that. So traitors in football are always going to cause huge waves across the game. The thought of a player moving to a rival team is often dismissed as unlikely. However, when it does happen, it can bring out the absolute worst in everyone, especially the more tribal football fans. But that's part of the beauty of it. It's a great thing to witness as a neutral, but when a traitor stabs your club in the back, things get ugly. And it's for that very reason we see countless ripples and some of them even have permanent effects. Dum, dum, dum. Word of the week. Backstabber. It's one word. Two Bs in that. Three in total, actually. Um, a traitor or hypocrite, such as a co-worker or friend, assumed trustworthy, but who figure, figuratively attacks when one's back is turned. Um, what are your thoughts on a footballing traitor? I Have hate, you had experience? <laughs> I don't think there's any lower form of life. Uh, it's scum of the earth, for sure. Uh, I hate them, I would go as far as to say. Um, there's nothing worse than... Yeah, I do have experience, for sure. Um, coming in hot. <laughs> man, as an Irish fan, I've, I've, I've been through it, okay? That Thierry Henry handball, that stirred up a lot of emotions in me. But when I see someone like Declan Rice being worshipped as this English messiah, this, this guy, the next, uh, the, the next prince of England... 
He has three full Ireland caps. <laughs> this isn't underage football. This isn't Jack Reeves doing under-19s. He's played for the senior team three times. Three games where an actual proud Irishman hasn't been able to get on the pitch because he, he, he used us as training wheels. Yeah. It is naughty, isn't it? Defend him, James. Defend him right now. Do you know Try. what? I thought I thought we had him later in, but I think let's let's take our time with this one now. Because do you know what the problem is? He is proper English. It's just his name. <laughs> it's his first name. Well, what, 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 then say no. Say no. I'm, I'm English, mate. I don't want to do it. Yeah, three. three. It's not just three. one. The thought process. First one. I mean, oh, yeah. that, was, that was all right. I might do that again. <laughs> it's shocking. Like second cap. Mm, I'm not sure into this. <laughs> three. As, as many as three. Yeah, it's uh, it's a. How's he got all round that then? How's he got around it? Oh, because there were three friendlies, right? right. So, oh, it doesn't count because it's That's not a competitive match. Friendly. Oh, no, it counts. No, 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 it counts. I'd love to play for Ireland. I will, and I'm sure there's a lot of professional footballers who are Irish who would have loved to be on the pitch against France, and he took that spot. Would that be your... Say you got the opportunity to interview Declan Rice. Would that be your sort of like... That would be the question that sort of hooks hooks him in. You go, oh. would you, do you think every game's a big game for you in your career? You're an outstanding professional. Yeah, yeah, definitely, you know, because, you know, I am. I, you know, every, there's no no such thing as, say it friendly, there's no such thing as friendly. Aha! Yeah, yeah, yeah. Aha! Yeah. Well, I would also be very confused why Declan, <laughs> I've managed to get that far to interview him because all he has to do is, is Google the Irish guy Declan Rice and there's a few videos in there that he might not like, but um, a few rants, shall we say. But no, mm. Rice, uh, yeah, so that's that's a trader. That That's a trader on a very, on a big level. Like, because it's, it's a nation, man. It's he got our hopes up. <laughs> like, aren't we? We we had Jeff Hendrick. We had with terrible midfielders. Don't, like, hey, don't get me started on Jeff Hendrick. Christ. Oh, is he, he's not he, QBR, is he? No, yeah, he was on loan at us, and he was awful. Yeah, no, not great for Newcastle. It's not either. his fault, but well, um, but no, like, yeah, because we don't have much, Ireland. We don't have many. We don't have any superstars. We got our hope, our hopes up about Rice, and he just goes to be your what guy. Am, what about? There probably are several Irish players. That are essentially traitors themselves as well, no? Oh, and go- forget the free caps. Just weren't good enough for England, so they oh, go and play like, for Ireland. Like Kieran Clark or John Aldridge going back in the day. Yeah, yeah. yeah Clint, I, I, Clint don't, I don't mind that though. It's okay. That's okay. Like yeah, the, that's okay. That's all right. Yeah, well, they weren't mate, mind up. They weren't, well, they weren't good enough for England. So that's fine. Yeah, they what? want to play some attached football because there's a few. Like Harry Kane could have played for Ireland, right? But he never did, so I don't have a problem right. with it. Yeah, yeah it's all right. Made your choice. Rooney could have as well. Shows not to. All what? Right. So what do you want the rules to be? Let's solve this. I want the rules to be, if even if you play friendlies for the senior team, don't play a senior game for two different countries. Don't do it. I don't care if it's friendly or not. Make your mind up before then. Uh. I think if you're old enough to vote, then make a decision. Yeah. Make yeah. A de- make it. De- I think the problem... So underage football, fine. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, because you could... I, I'm not an idiot. I'm, you, you could have, a, you know... Parents from different countries, you could hopped around the yeah, it's fine. which is more and more yeah. common, right? You might be having an identity crisis, fine. But again, like you said, like make up your mind before you're 18. It's mm. fine. Then so don't mess us around like that. My son can play for England, Scotland, China, and Vietnam. Oh, nice. So it's quite oh, nice. Wow. So depending on his talent, yeah, to so a point, because I think some doors become sort of shut down. I don't, I'm trying not to offend anyone, but I, I'm half Scottish, and I think it would have been for a lot of for me, if I'm honest. It would have been well if I'm not good enough for England. Then God, I'd love to play for like, for Scotland. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But there, there is that un there is the undercurrent of that decision. So you think if he made. grows up to be like a League Two footballer, he could be you know Vietnam, Vietnam captain. Take him in. It'd be Brilliant. amazing. Captain. But no, but I just think that I was thinking about the the rule being you being 18, and if that's fair. I just think mm. I remember back in the day. I remember seeing this thing on like the news, and it was basically there was Kevin Gallon. 
Remember Kevin Gallen? Mm. Kevin Gallen, his brother was called uh, Steve Gallen. And Steve was playing for like uh, Ireland under 18s. And Kevin was playing for England under 19s or 21s or whatever it was. Mm. And the story was, oh, you know, they both made their choices. Kevin was much better than Steve. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so again, it was oh, a choice. The, but the key... once they made their choice, should that be it? It's the same with the Keane household. Not Roy Keane, but Michael Keane. Um... And Will. Will Will plays for Ireland. Michael used to play for England a little bit. Yeah. So, yeah. Just comes down to whether you're good enough or not, I guess. If you could have uh, Grealish or Rice back, one would you take either? or And two, which one would you want? So, like, if there's some bastardization, bastardization of the rules where we could, we could bring back Declan Rice now. He's like, I'm can... sorry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like 42 caps, is it? Depends on his apology, I think. Uh, depends if he really means it. Yeah. Uh, um, <laughs> <laughs> but no, like Rice is Rice is the better player, isn't he? I mean, do you know what's annoying? Do you know what's so annoying, Jim? I think Grealish is the game changer, though. And mm. a, a, a Villa Grealish probably does more good with Ireland than than Declan Rice, who's just kind of staying in midfield. Do you know mm, what I mean? I don't know. I kind of kind of want someone to dominate that midfield. Like uh, it's honestly the, the level of. Uh, they're so poor, the Ireland International. They're so really? poor. We don't even have a manager right now. And we're gonna, we're about to get turned down with England under-21 manager, Lee Carsley. Like it's, it, things are grim. So I would, I would take either, I thought I you already had him. No, Lee Carsley. Yeah, it's not He happened. played for us. Oh, yeah, he played for us. But now he's England under-21 winning <laughs> Another manager. one. Oh. Traitor. Right, let's go through some iconic traitors. Again, I put this one on Twitter. I always keep an eye on Twitter because it's great to get uh, your input because it makes my life easier. Uh, so, first of all, Tevez to Manchester City. We're going to kick off with that one. So, was Tevez to Man City the spark that set off the rivalry? Now, we know, obviously, that there has always been a rivalry between Man City and Man United. And what I found really interesting, kind of looking into all of these, is the the balance between kind of who's a traitor to who and how it's often to, it's often to kind of get a sort of leg up. Yeah. It's yeah, going yeah. to the bigger team that like the Self better serving. team. Yeah. yeah. It's very rare that it kind of goes kind of someone who's on a similar path to each other. Mm, um, like and, but there's different like, it, yeah, but it creates a kind of different feeling each time. Because my experience of being a traitor or, or having that with image is a weird one because as a QPR fan, we are, we hate Chelsea, right? Um, but we also have sort of Fulham who've kind of bounced up and around us for a long time and then Brentford who were kind of nowhere. Mm. And then as the years have progressed, Brentford have just sort of, Brentford like was start well, like, okay, you're annoying now. And then they were like, oh God, no, you're really annoying now. Like you're better, yeah. what's going on? You're better than us. Yeah. And then they've gone into the league above us and yeah. we're sort of sinking and struggling. Fulham, kind of similar one where we'd like, they sort of bounce in and around us and then then they were always just a little bit too good to uh, than us. So again, mm. really frustrating. And they kind of came from nowhere as well. And then Chelsea, like right at my, the start of my fandom, it was Chelsea. Um, and that reached boiling point in 2011 with the, you know. Yeah, when we got back into the Prem. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And yeah, and beat them 1-0, of course. Make sure you say yeah. that. But the the problem in terms of sort of players going from one side to the other, we actually would sort of, we don't, there's been a l- long sort of link of Chelsea players playing for QPR. So... It's something you kind of have to get past mm. because, you know, often... You, well, you're surely you'd be grateful to have these, you know, if they're well, once a standard at Chelsea. See, this then... is the problem. So over the years, you had someone like... So we had like Ray Wilkins when he was 17, played for Chelsea, Chelsea legend, but then came and played for us when he was 36, but played for us for uh, during some really, really strong years. Um, 
there's loads of players over the years that have kind of played for both. Generally, it's on the way down with us. So you, would, you don't mind it too much? So well, like, yeah, well, if there so are views, like Gavin Peacock, we had John Spencer, we've had players like that, and they've done a good job for us. So, so that's the kind of the, the sort of weird side of it yeah. um, from my point of view. But so when it comes to Man City, when Man City didn't have the money, they weren't taken seriously by Man, Man United at all. They were this sort of little ant. And so that's, again, in those rivalries, what you get to do, the two strategies are, oh, I hate them, they're arrogant scum, or you're an ant. Yeah. Get away from it. But it, it, it and it's whoever's bigger. It just doesn't hurt. Like, Peter Schmeichel and Andy Cole both played for Man City when they were crap. Like, it, it doesn't, that doesn't, hasn't affected the Manchester United standing at all because they didn't care. They didn't, they didn't affect them. That's it. It's when it actually affects them. You're right. So, mm. but with the, them becoming more of a threat on the pitch, the rivalry began to rise. And in terms of predictions, which we didn't put in the previous pod, but there was, Ferguson was saying, Man City will never uh, compete with us, not in my lifetime. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's good. That's, but yeah. we had uh, a bit of respect to, Sir Alex, we yeah. put him to the side there. So um, it was still an on-the-pitch rivalry, not a proper hatred like the rivalry with Liverpool. Man United fans might feel differently, but I think at the time it was that. The Tevez move, however, was the first instance of Man City showing some teeth and starting to fuel the hatred, which is kind of... So for me, like the Brentford side of it, once it's a like, oh, you are affecting me now because you're beating us and you're beating us badly, that's when it gets ignited. Yeah. And I think... I'd love to know from Man United. Who's your team? Newcastle. Newcastle, yeah, right. Yeah. I'd love to know, because I guess for you, it's like Sunderland's a great one, like recently, yeah. where Sunderland, I mean, both teams were up for it, but... Oh, you mean the Derby, the FA Cup? Yeah. Against your old boy, Michael Beale? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But you thought, you felt, it was, a, it was a lovely one for you, where it was like, back down, you know, back in your box kind of thing, right? Yeah. That was one where it was just, don't, you can't lose. Like, you really cannot lose this game because Newcastle are going through a bad, bad run form, yeah. like six out of seven defeats or something like that. We just like be booted out of the Champions League. So, like, if you lose to Sunderland, I truly believe this, Eddie Howe would have had pressure. Really? Like, massive pressure. He would have. Up north, he would have. Um, thankfully, he navigated that banana skin with ease. Uh, 3-0. Very easy. But there's quite a few people that have crossed that divide as well when it comes to Sunderland and Newcastle. Yes, yeah. Good old Steve Bruce did it. Yeah, uh, and wonders awesome. why he didn't get a, a fair time at Newcastle, huh? Well, <laughs> there we back. go. Huh? Colbeck, he's he's at Keith Yeah, he's doing yeah. Well for us. Ty- Titus Bravo was a lovely one because he. Do you remember? He was a horrible Newcastle defender, like truly terrible, like a laughing a, st- a laughing stock. He goes to Sunderland a few years later, and he gets sent off in the in the Tyburn derby. Last five yeah. one, beautiful. We used to call it the. Uh, <laughs> we used to call it the Bramble Gamble, because <laughs> you'd have him on your bench in FPL. Would yeah. you put him in? <laughs> you take the Bramble the bench, Gamble. To be honest, nah, he was he was a walking a walking comedy show. Yeah. Uh, so the yeah, the welcome to Manchester sign which again I, I never really thought about it much but I, I obviously because he was already in Manchester yeah right so the sum's located at the top of Deansgate which leads to Salford and Trafford which is where Old Trafford is situated so that's part of the kind of mm. rivalry between the two is yeah, that yeah. Uh, is that Manchester is Manchester uh, Manchester City sorry is Manchester and Manchester United is, is Salford um so, but what if Tevez had never left Man United? So, firstly, Tevez's arrival at Manchester City felt quite strange. His contract with Man United ran out and he was on loan at the club from West Ham. It's like a two-year loan. So, it's believed that Man City actually paid Tevez's advisors £25 million to sign Tevez, meaning no money changed hands with any clubs. And so, you might remember this as well. Tevez and Mascherano went to West Ham and it was one of those ones where... Yeah, the sort of agent seemed to own the player more yeah. so than a club. Alan just... Pardew could not believe his luck. <laughs> yeah. 
I don't, yeah, didn't give Mascherano the minutes. Noble was there. Uh, but if Tevez had stayed at Man United, what would the landscape have looked like? Tevez moved to City in July 2009. This was the summer that Ronaldo left. They then brought in Valencia. Here's a name. Mame Diouf. Mame Burham Diouf. Oh, yes. He was uh, hideously average. Uh, he went to Stoke, didn't he? Yeah, he was that one. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He did okay-ish. Man United, he had a prim career, didn't he? He was like... Not a good footballer, but good at football. Or Perfect good enough. Stoke players, what you mean? Like a proper... I just think, I've said this a lot on the pod, is like there's, there's players that sort of don't move right. Yeah. And they like, don't, the legs are not, too long. Like how like are they he, can control in the ball? He's too far away from the ball. Yeah, yeah, one of those. But he was just a gamble. Man United took a few of them at the time. Remember Gabriel yeah. Overton? Turned out to be a woeful player for Newcastle. Yeah, Overton was uh, brought in that summer as well. And Michael Owen. Yeah. That is a bit of a come down, isn't it? Yeah, which um, is another sort of trader. Well, yes. Yeah, so uh, would they have got Michael Owen if Tevez had stayed? Probably not. Yeah. I mean, in 2009-10 season, then went on to score the winner in a 4-3 win over Man City. Man City finished fifth that season with 67 points. In fourth spot was Spurs, who finished above them with 70 points, but City had a better goal difference, which means that if they had scored the winning, if they'd scored the winning goal uh, instead of Man City... Which probably wouldn't happen, but let's say it did. They'd have uh, got that UCL spot. But City then came back with a vengeance that summer instead and bought Balotelli, Torre, David Silva and Kolarov. That's a lot of riffles. So it might have been a good thing around. Yeah. yeah. But I guess, say they'd got that Champions League, you wouldn't have had Bale against uh, Mykon. <laughs> oh, I see where you go with this. You really go off at a load of different uh, strands yes. with this, don't you? There's a lot of football chat out there. We're just trying of, to do something different here. There's a lot of assumptions in here, James. So you're saying if Tevez had, had stayed at Man United, Man City would have got into the Champions League without Tevez? No. Yeah, no, 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 no. That's true. Yeah. They needed Tevez to even come, come as close as fifth. Yeah, and he did well there as well. I think he got really the well. FA Cup. He was the him. guy before O'Gro um, mm. came in. He was the guy. He, it's a great example of if you ignorance is bliss, maybe a little bit. Where like he didn't speak the language, and he said he came out in a press conference and said Fergie never spoke to me. I didn't get a call. Never got a text from him ever. Mm. Um, and so, so when you sort of take away that, and you can then, it's a bit like not looking at comments on a video. If you don't know about it, you don't know about it. Yeah. So there's nothing to get upset about, Perfect. right? So Tevez was a little bit like that, where he just went, well, they're going to pay me loads and I'm going to be a really important player here, whereas I still seem to be on the bench for Man yeah. United. So yeah. I'm off. Uh, is, is it, yeah. Was it real traitorship? Uh, yeah, kind of was, wasn't it? Because Man he, City made it bigger with the sign. The yeah. The only thing with, with Tevez, if he had stayed at Man United, if you look at it in a very sterile way, I think you could make a case that Man United win seven league titles in a row. Right, because the two they didn't win, one was against Chelsea. I think they lost by a point in 2010, and the other one was on goal difference to Man City. If Tevez is there, oh, you're damn right to get more than more than uh, the point needed to beat Chelsea, and they get obviously win it, they they blow Man City away because yeah. they wouldn't have had Tevez even though he was on a golfing trip for like six months. But here's the thing, right? That's looking at it from and a you very... won't be bringing on Mamed Yuf, <laughs> Obertan, or Michael yeah. Owen. But that's looking at it from a very cold perspective. We both know Tevez and Sir Alex Ferguson would not have coexisted for those seven seasons. Like, yeah. they were always going to blow up. Like, those are two personalities that just would not mesh. Yeah, I don't feel like I know who Tevez is. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Like, he just sort of went, he'd go, and then he'd go after Juventus, and he'd be great, and then he's like, I fancy going to Boca. Yeah. <laughs> and he went to Disneyland or something, didn't he? When he was in China, he went, <laughs> yeah, he started to play the match. <laughs> Tevez was funny, though, because he was, there was two Tevezes for sure. There was one who, apparently he's a terrible trainer. Terrible trainer, yeah. um... And didn't come off the bench for Man City. But he's also on the pitch. 
everything you'd want in a player, like an absolute workhorse. Yeah. Like it wasn't somebody just re- rest rest on his laurels. None of that. Like he was, you know, <laughs> he was, on his yeah, he was, yeah, he was a brilliant professional on the pitch. It's just off it. Um, yeah, maybe not. But yeah, I don't feel that there's. I feel like it's more. It's not. He's not vindictive in the move. I think he's more like. Hmm? <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Just like, so you, did, you, did, you didn't care for how anyone else would feel about it. Yeah, I just yeah. I think yeah. It's just like yeah. There was a lack of empathy for yeah, sure. Yeah, didn't care. Yeah. Uh, is Michael Owen the most all-round hated player of all time? <laughs> hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. I know I mean, that's the question you came to uh, answer. That's why you, you took feel so bad for Michael Owen though, because you can see it clearly, clearly gets to him. The fact that all the Liverpool fans hate him and he's scared to go to Anfield now, like it gets to him. Poor I think, guy. Well, he made his choices. So CW said on Twitter, Craig LFC <laughs> might be a bit biased in here. Anyway, Michael Owen, I just can't see him in anything other than a United kit now. That's Manchester United. Seven-year-old me will never get over it. Came through at Liverpool and loved by the fans. Went to Real Madrid, and so that isn't too much of a treasure for me. The Real Madrid move is always allowed, isn't it? Oh, it's Real Madrid. No like, problem with that. It's always allowed, yeah, isn't it? Yeah, it's fine. But after a stint at Newcastle, where he was trying to get back to Liverpool yep. each time, but oh, kind of got let down. Horrific. He, of course, went to Man United, uh, which made him dead to a lot of Liverpool fans. <laughs> Thanks, Kai. I'll produce a bit heavy there. Which made him dead. Yeah. Uh, also, because of his time at Man United not being all that great, Man United fans don't really care about him. Yeah. Meaning that no one really... Because actually, the other thing to say is utterly disrespectful to Newcastle when he talks about them. Wildly disrespectful to Stoke City when he talks about them. Real Madrid in a different country and bit part player had an unbelievable goals per minute ratio, but wasn't a starter because you had Ronaldo and everyone else. Yeah. And so, yeah, the club that you loved probably. Mm. If I, do you know I'd love to know? <laughs> you can't have a scale of this. I don't think Michael Owen's. No, I'm not going to say. It. Go on. Yeah. <laughs> what, are, what are you going to say? No, I think it's. I know I'm totally wrong, and it's not fair. I just. Get, I get the vibe that he's not got a huge capacity to love. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, so he's like a sociopath. A little bit. I've, yeah. re- I've um. I've listened to his book, and it. I love like football autobiographies because I just think it's. It's interesting to get that like. Just too lazy to read it though. Huh? Just uh, pop on the headphones. Well, uh, yeah, and I've only done it a couple of times, but uh, it's the wor- It's the. It's the one book I've listened to. Read whatever. Where I've disliked the player more after reading <laughs> it than than before. Now I'm sure he's all right in person. I just think he was he's utterly a striker mm. in personality. I think different personalities suit different positions on the pitch, mm. and I think strikers. Strikers shouldn't bring out books, is what you're saying, because you're just going to get the self-serving arrogance that emanates from the pages. No, I just think he is 100% pure striker. Can I, can I ask, when you read his book, was it him reading it to you in the years? I think it was, and it was, and it was tough, yeah. Christ. It was tough. But I, I was almost like, it was one of those where I was, I was like, wow, is he really saying that? Because like, <laughs> he was just... Did it was, like, was, it was all like about... Yeah, it yeah. Was, I, think that's why I, I think that's why I listened to it. But it, it was one where 
I think he was just, and again, I'll probably, I'll meet him at some point. I bet it'll be absolutely like charming. I mean, he's very, um, he's a bit partridge, isn't he? Like with yeah, some of his is. stuff, yes. which is, I, which I think will come back round and make people enjoy him a bit more. Do you know what I mean? I think yeah. that's the way, say like with Roy Keane, people are like, what is he doing? Like calm down. Hmm. And now you kind of see the glint in his eye yeah. and you kind of love it. I think the same might happen with Michael Owen, but to sort of explain that sort of the capacity to love, I just think the striker thing is, so he was talking about like when Rooney came on the scene, he hated it. Because he's like, I'm the guy. Like, I don't want anyone else being the guy. I, I'm the guy. Yeah. And so with that comes a kind of sort of selfishness. And an, uh, he had an outrageous resentment. confidence, which again, I think strikers need to to be in a pl- place where when they get the ball, they go, result, I'm going to score. Instead of being, yeah. oh shit, don't miss. And that's what made him elite. The amount of interviews yeah. where he brings up the fact that he won two golden boots as a teenager is is obscene. But thing with Owen, I would... He was so let down by injuries. You know what I'm going to try to do? As a Newcastle fan, this, this is weird to do and no one else is going to do it. But I'm going to try and define, defend Michael Owen for a little bit. A little bit. Um, I don't think going to Man United was the biggest treacherous move of his career. I don't. I think going to Man United was bad... But this was a man who was at the end of his wits. He'd just been relegated with Newcastle. He had two offers on the table. One, three offers. Manchester United, Everton, and Hull. Hull City, who just stood up by the width of their fingernails. This is Michael <laughs> Owen, ex-poster uh, boy for England. He had his own cereal once upon a time. Like, I don't know. Man United or Everton, either one's going to piss off Liverpool fans. Hull, yeah. like he had four years of misery at Newcastle, relegation fights. Hull, Man United, he knew the England, he knew the players from England. Judy, That's it's fascinating. Like, you know, what's what's worse, Everton or Man United? I think Man United is worse. I think so. I mean, yeah. I mean, Benitez has gone to Everton and he's still a Liverpool, Liverpool legend. If he goes mm. to Man United, it's a bit different. Because again, it's each and all it is. It's it's like we said earlier. His dad, I think his dad played. I want to say his, his dad definitely played for Chester City. I feel like his dad played for. For Everton, maybe a squad player who never got yeah players, maybe. Uh, but it, it's like what we were saying earlier. So if 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 you're a Liverpool legend, you go to Everton, you're going down, so it's fine. It doesn't really affect Liverpool that much. But if you're going up to Man United at the time, which was up, it does hurt. But again, like like it's Man United, Everton or Hull. Like it's 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 so, really going to have to go well, to Hull. It, see, I think this is this is interesting as well because when you do really like zone in, right? It's a bit like it's a bit like the Saudi Arabia money. It's easy to go. You can't do that. Mm. But if someone goes, do you want to go play for a team where you can win the league? Yep. Playing at, and playing a team that's going to give you chances. Where Ronaldo's shirt number, number seven on the back, like yeah, that was weird. Yeah, strange. Or, or you can like go and battle. <laughs> yeah. Like that. where he would have got no service, by the way. And this is the man who couldn't run at that stage of his career. Yeah. His hamstrings yeah. were gone. I think. I think if we're caught, I'm not saying he's not a traitor. He is. But it's for the Newcastle stuff. He went to Newcastle on the proviso that he'd be allowed to join Liverpool after a year. He signed a four-year contract with a get-up clause so he could go to Liverpool after the World Cup in 2006. The only he didn't do that was because injuries injuries ruined it. That is shocking. Newcastle, St. James's <laughs> Park was filled. That doesn't happen for, for players signing for Premier League clubs. The St. James's Park was filled for his, not for his first match, for his unveiling. Like, mm. everyone was so excited. I wasn't living there, obviously, but like... It's a, it's a number nine. It's it's Alan Shearer's heir. Yeah, yeah. And he's treated it as a loan. Uh, and that's just, I just find that so disingenuous and, and horrible. And by the way, but I will say with Michael Owen, which I wanted to say for a while, again, like you, I listened to a few Michael Owen interviews where he talks about trying to get back to Liverpool. He seems to think he was on the phone to Brendan Rodgers. They didn't overlap at any <laughs> point. No, that was after. That was all after it, Michael. Really? Yeah. Uh, I just have to get so that I think there's context within with the Michael Owen thing. I... So... I it, I can't I couldn't go to Chelsea I couldn't play for Chelsea. Couldn't do. It. Yes, you could, James. No, because so my, a grand a week, I thought that was true. But if 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 a Chelsea want me, someone else will want me. But I guess this is a little bit different. Where it's the other way no around. No one else wanted him because he because he did his career and he 
He'd just been relegated and barely played. Yeah. Like, he was, he was, a, he was damaged goods. Yeah, and he probably couldn't believe that Man United actually 100%. But I think his ability to kind of do it kind of comes back to the personality of like, well. Yeah. And he did okay at Man United. You know, he won the league and he did score some goals. Scored a couple of goals, yeah. yeah. He always had that in his locker. Fabian Delph to Manchester City. The greatest U-turn of all time. Greatest? Or the ugliest U-turn of all time, maybe. (laughs) Um, I wonder if Michael will ever get some proper love from the the sort of footballing world. Who's this? Delph? Sorry, I was gone back to Michael Owen oh there for God. a second. Because I just it said, you know, we'd said, is he the most all-round hated player of all time? <laughs> yeah, you really did screw that I up. Think, because... I think people are starting to kind of find him, yeah, funny and like, we're not kind of laughing, we're kind of laughing at you, but like, you've still done really well in your career, you've got a load of money, so... It is funny though, I, I, the last thing on Michael Owen, it is funny how he turned himself into a public enemy, because back in 2004, he was the England poster, but like... Apparently, squeaky clean. That's how the media used to think of Michael Owen. Like, again, had his own cereal box, probably a brand new coming out of his ears. Everyone would have loved him. So it's mm. funny how he's managed to screw it up. It's a bit like if, I don't know, who's... who's... Like Bellingham. Yeah. Yeah, like... like if, you can do te- the move, can you? Bellingham then goes to, he goes to, yeah, Newcastle and Birmingham City come from nowhere because they got Tom Brady's money. Oh, is that right? I don't know, something <laughs> like that. Yeah, it is, that is odd from where, where he was. Yeah. Um, yeah, this is Fabian Delph to Manchester City, mm. greatest U-turn of all time. Uh, Catherine said Fabian Delph signed a new contract, massive statement saying I'm not leaving. Left a week later, I'll never forgive him uh, for this statement. Uh, when then leaving, then leaving not a, a week afterwards. So he said, I'm a loyal person, and committing my future will hopefully show everybody what type of guy I am. <laughs> oh no. It's the time frame of that that's weird. The state- How soon after that was he gone? A week. A week. Wow. <laughs> Don't like, he's been let down. Like, I'd imagine that's, I always wonder with these statements, does, does it sort of, is that, does it get taken out of his hands a little bit or? Oh, so you think someone else wrote that for him? I just think you go, surely someone goes, let's just wait. Yeah. Let's just wait. Cause Get it, to September 1st. If you don't say anything, when you do say something, even if people have been hammering you for b- before that, you then clear it and they go, oh, okay, sorry, I was probably wrong there. Yeah. Probably shouldn't have jumped to conclusions. Because, yeah. Because a lot of players have gone faster than Man City. Grealish, Milner, it's fine. Like, they don't hate you for it. They do hate you when you come out with a statement like that and then go a week later. It's about like what Sol Campbell, remember? Um, I thought said, I'm staying, I'm going nowhere. And he goes to Arsenal like a few weeks later. <laughs> More on that later. Uh, the statement is what relegated Villa after he left. Amongst interest from City, Fabian Delph came out with uh, that statement. This accompanied with Benteke's departure. He went to cop titles. You're, you're, that'll make sense when you check out the second pod. Doesn't matter. Uh, his departure were, of course, big blows for Villa. That certainly didn't help their endeavours to stay up. But the statement accompanied by the subsequent departure could have been what sent them over the edge. At the time, Delph had been captaining Villa and was a part of the midfield diamond they used so well in the previous season. But when your captain does this, is there any coming back? Despite not going to a rival club, is he still one of the biggest traitors in modern times? Mm. Mm. So we have a rule on the podcast is that you, you can go, I'm not having that. <laughs> and I, I think biggest traitor in modern times is a bit heavy. I think poorly PR'd and fickle. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's not going to a rival. Like, it's it's a sensible it's you yeah, know, sensible you, you move to a better team where you can go and win trophies. Yeah, and and he did, didn't he? With did Benteke go in the week before 
interlapping. Was Benteke sold that week? Because if so, maybe that was why. And he was like, ah, well, clearly a sick of chips. Certainly, he's certainly in the same summer. Yeah. And Benteke was so important for Villa, mm, wasn't he? He was, he was so crucial. Yeah. That's an Benteke is such a conundrum for me. I, I, mm. I was like, great signing. Like, he's got absolutely everything. Always scored against QPR. Got yeah. 18 goals in a team that was on its was struggling before that. I think the Benteke. That's a bit like when we're talking about Grealish and Rice. That's why I would say Benteke is more important than a Delph. Okay, even if yeah. you want to say yeah, Delph's yeah. a better player, right? Mm-hmm. Because it's about... For a lesser team, you need someone who can win you a game or get you a goal. Yeah. And Benteke was that for me. Yeah. I think, But uh, yeah, the statement is shocking. It don't is bad. come out of that. And yeah. don't make it about the guy I am. It's <laughs> yeah. terrible. I know. I'm a lo- like see the like triggering words here. I'm a loyal person <laughs> yeah. and committing my future oh. will hopefully show everybody yeah, it's no <laughs> what good. type of guy I am. No good. Shocking. But he did go on to have a good a good Man City career. It's not like he went and flopped. He, it was a justified decision. I really love him player. as a player. I actually thought he was a really underrated player. Yeah. When he was at his sort of fittest and best at Villa, I feeling at the left class. back a bit. Wasn't he? Yeah, he did really well at Man City yeah. left back. Uh, feigning injury is what stopped Barkley's career going where it should have. Right. And I, I've got a little add-on to this one. I was thinking on the way down. So Rich Jones says, Ross Barkley, he wanted to leave Everton, so a £35 million fee was agreed with Chelsea for him to go in the summer. But he announced that he decided that due to injury, he would wait for January. He then signed for Chelsea in January for a £50 million fee and probably a bigger signing-on fee. Hmm. So, fun fact, he made his debut for Everton in a 1-0 defeat to Queen's Park Rangers. Smith with the winner, I remember that. First away winner of the season. Come on. Horrific orange third kit. Barkley didn't feature in his last season at Everton. In this season, Everton's highest assister was Calvert-Lewin with six. If they had someone like Barkley at the time in the team, it, they could have improved on their eighth place finish that season. But ultimately, the biggest kicker is the amount of money and pure profit... It's true. Importantly, when it comes to like deductions of points and things like that, I guess. Mm. I guess this is kind of before that three-year period. Everton lost through Barkley. Barkley also had an Everton tattoo, which he lasered off. <laughs> but, and Kai, our producer, is an Everton fan. Okay. He seems to have forgiven him. He said, could he return in the summer? Well, there you go. I like. Could he relegate them? Oh, wow. <laughs> oh, wow. That's, yeah, That's the one I thought. Imagine. In terms of that, him sort of feigning it and obviously him leaving, as is the butterfly slash ripple effect. Mm. If he'd gone earlier, maybe his a whole time at Chelsea might have been better, which means that he could have been at a different club right now. So he wouldn't have gone to Nice and wouldn't have gone to Luton. Mm. And it could... It, Hang on. So you're could, saying if he got to Chelsea six months before he did, it would be fine. No, he was injured, right? That's true. Yeah. But I think... Like there was no hope for Barkley. Maybe. I think as a, I'm going more butterfly effect in terms of something tiny mm. <laughs> like that. But he, I, I don't know. Yeah, might, maybe or maybe it would have been even worse. And then he I don't even think what Barkley did was that bad. Like, I wouldn't even call it treacherous at all. He moved from Everton, which at the time were a sinking ship. They had Sam Allardyce at the wheel. Big Sam. Like, it, would, it had all got the shit. Ronald Coleman had been sacked. They brought in all these crazy signings, which you just knew one day would cost them in the, in the long run. And it did. Yeah. Um, yeah, I agree. I don't think this, yeah. I think the sort of the... Yeah, it's more problematic between now and the end of the season because you could totally see him being a huge part of that relegation battle and it being Luton versus Everton. Yeah. And it going to the final game and he's an integral player for Luton. Everton should have signed him last summer on a free. Very easy. Very simple. Could have avoided all of this. I think, yeah, I don't think this is treacherous at all. I think you're right. Because I think with certain players as well, 
And England international, isn't he? It's mm. one where you do go to a top six side. Yeah. That's what good young players do, don't they? I remember when he went to Chelsea, he said that he, he wanted to become world class. I mean, that's how highly... this He was highly thought of back then. Mm. Um, and everything were going nowhere, nowhere faster. Nah, absolutely. No problem with it. Okay. Uh, is Mason Mount a traitor? Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Interesting. Owen says it's got to be Mason Mount. The amount of love and energy. (laughs) Owen's exhausted. The amount of energy us Chelsea fans are putting us. Chelsea fans gave to him for him to then leave to go to Manchester United and then have the clips of his dad saying, this is home, and him <laughs> nodding. Nodding. Yeah. A simple nod can make you a traitor. Big traitor energy, says Owen. Yeah. Well, he's acting there like Mason Mount is a boyhood, boy and bred Chelsea boy. He's not. He's a Portsmouth fan, still is a Portsmouth fan. He was asked, he was asked this in interviews. He was like, oh, you're, you're a Chelsea fan now, right? That dear club. No, nah, mate, I'm still Portsmouth. I've got posters canoe on my wall. Like, it's, yeah, he's he's a pumpy lad. Like, so he's not one of those where he's one of our own. Nah, he just used to But do you have to be, do you have to support the team to be one of their own? You just got to come through the academy. Do, no. Yeah, Harry Kane, Tottenham family. Well, he's an Arsenal family. Oh, yeah, yeah, sure. No, again, he just used their training Briefly. facilities. It's fine. All right. Oh, is right. that what you I was? Gotta, like, there's distinctions with this. Okay, you could have got uh, trouble. But no, with Mount, I think with Mount, wasn't it more. I don't think you got to be a fan just to, just to go, oh, push back on that. You're not. I so, so, but you're a QPR fan, right? So yeah. if you came through at Fulham, oh, he's one of our own. Nah, mate, just QPR didn't want me. I think the broad rule is if you come through the academy, you're... Because you're usually a fan. Like Longstaff at Newcastle, Lewis Miley is the same. But if you sport another team, I don't know. I don't think Matt was a Chelsea boy. He just okay. won in the Champions League. Uh, so if you look at the Barkley saga in this one, there are little to no parallels. Chelsea got 55 million for Mount, who was going to a team that had promised him a starting spot. So far, that hasn't worked out. Uh, there was even Chelsea fans that said that Mount had been acting during his time at Chelsea. He was never a Chelsea man, which kind of comes back go. to your story. Was it acting, though? Pompey. Did people just not ask him the right questions? <laughs> um, is that fair? Is he a traitor? I don't think he's a traitor. I think he... I think what's interesting here is this, with the Mount thing is... You can want someone to stay, but then you get to the money... And the and he was going well. You guys seem to be spending a lot of cash at the moment. Yeah. Um, could that, I have some? Yeah, and yeah. It, yeah. I think we're about to get to. Um, well, I don't know if it's there. other shouts. Was one was Ashley Cole, and what Ashley Cole kind of says to it is that if you if 
and Roy Keane says it's about knowing your worth a lot of the time. Yeah. Sometimes it's not even about kind of where you want to be. It gets to a point where I go, I'm, I can't do it for that. Like I can't, you can't be giving everyone else this amount of money and you're taking for me as a mug. Mm. And I think, I think that's the thing with Mason Mount, is it not? Like he'd yeah. been there, had overall done well, wasn't going to cost a transfer fee. Mm. Show me the money. And like football careers are short. Like we can all see the Chelsea thing is going nowhere fast. Like pa- Pochettino is a good manager. I rate him. But Todd Bowley giving eight-year contracts to bang average sludge, tying them in. They're all going to be Winston Bogards. Do you remember him? Yeah, yeah, they, yeah. They just won't move. They're yeah. on 200 grand a week for the next 10 years. It's fine. Like, so Matt wants out of that. He's about, he's what, 25, 26 now? He's, he's not he's not a spring chicken. He wants to get on with things and start winning yeah, the Premier yeah. Leagues. And totally. I know, I know Manchester United are in a... thing about Manchester United is you can always sell them in the summer. You could Every summer they, they get a marquee player and you're like, Maybe this is the year. Yeah, yeah. Maybe this is the one, you know? Yeah, you're so, right. Oh, do you think you'll succeed at Man United? Do I? Um, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Yeah, something tr- doesn't feel right, mm, does it? No. I wonder what... There has to be an overall plan there, which maybe he's not had a chance to really kind of... just feels like his best position is, is Bruno Fernandes, right? Number 10? Yeah. Spots yeah. already filled. Well, we did a podcast a few weeks ago we were chatting about, like, how, you know, with FFP, how do you make some money back? Bruno Fernandes is one of the assets that you could make some money back. He's like he's twenty nine. Mm. I know he's important. I think he's so important. But you have to sell. if you have to sell, you have to sell for big money. Who's going to spend big money in the twenty nine year old though? Saudi maybe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's always the assets. Yeah, it's yeah. always the assets. I don't know, but but when we looked at the sort of assets that they could sell, there's nothing there really, and you basically need a you need players have got at least two years in their contract. Mm. So you could just go, oh, this doesn't work with Mason Mount off he goes somewhere but again that's the other thing Premier League's got all the money no one else really spends that much money mm. so you, it's going to be, have to be cut price for, for a lot of these players apart from say PSG maybe or you could be I think Bruno Fernandes is, is good enough to be that signature signing for someone to sort of go here's 50 or whatever mm. I would worry for him because you see it all the time football moves so quickly especially for English English talent like again we just mentioned Barkley like Six years ago, whatever, he would have been in the same position Mount is now. I know he hadn't won the Champions League, but he was still a highly England international. With Mount now, I wouldn't be surprised if he doesn't go to the Euros. And if he doesn't do that, yeah, then he's already slipped back. I don't think he... I don't have any space for him in the Euros team like at all, right? So he could already be up which the is, Yeah, which is brutal, really. Yeah. Uh, oh, here we go. So I got a lot of this one. So with Arsenal, there's a few Arsenal ones. So if Man United hadn't have won the league, would Robin Van Persie still have been considered a traitor. So Khalil says that, uh, RVP, we made him. <laughs> we made him. <laughs> I find that funny when, like, you're, f- like, the fan base made him. <laughs> it's like, not the coaches. Yeah. It's not his own endeavours. Not his mother. You were made yeah. and here by us. <laughs> I made you. In a Petri dish. A beer ASA, I made you. <laughs> <laughs> um, we made him. He finally got fit. Had one and a half good seasons, then left us for our rivals under the suggestion we didn't match his ambition, even though we were financially hamstrung. Continues to trash Arsenal Arsenal, Arsenal whenever he can and plays the victim in it all. So he said he wasn't offered a contract by Arsenal. Mm. Others say that he turned down a contract. Mm. So the Robin Van Persie move stung for a few reasons and then got worse with how the season played out. RVP. Moved at a time where he was generally considered Arsenal's only hope at times. He also only cost Man United 20 million, which felt cheap because I think he only had one year left. But winning the league after saying he left for trophies did vindicate his decision to leave. Mm -hmm. It was only one trophy, wasn't it? 
It's just that title. One, it was the Prem. And he was crucial, obviously, in it as well. Yeah. Scores a hat-trick in that game against Villa. Uh, and because of the hatred Arsenal fans showed him, he now clearly resents the club. So who's in the right here, Michael? With Van Persie, I don't I don't blame him for leaving. Arsenal, Arsenal again, we're going, we're going nowhere. It's, it's, it's a short career, isn't it? It is a short career. And he'd given them enough. He'd given them eight years. And I, what I will say as well about Arsenal and United, that rivalry sort of peaked in 2005, a year after Van Persie got to the club, with that whole Keane versus Vieira, as soon as those two left, and Arsenal fell off the, the the title challenges, it wasn't really much of a rivalry by 2012, I don't think. Not a, not a, not a bitter one. Like It was a clear jump and a jump up. Yeah. Right? Like, say, say, say Salah went to Man City now. Like, you can't do that. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. You just can't. Yeah. Don't, you don't see many of those. Way. Yeah, there's very few of those. Mm. But Van Persie, Arsenal fans won't like it, but it's it was to go and win the league, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah, it was. And <sighs> he had two options there, right? He had Man United and Man City. I guess he could have gone to Man City. Maybe if he's really wanted to protect his Arsenal legacy, like they wouldn't have minded. Half the Arsenal team under Wenger went to Man City. But I don't think he regrets it. <laughs> I don't think he does. He I wonder if it, it, do you know. think if there's Van Nist if you don't have Van Nistelrooy? You don't, and then Van Persie doesn't like see it. Do you know oh, what I mean? The, name, the Dutch is it? thing. No, not the another Van thing. <laughs> Just another Dutch striker. Like, is there something in in that where like he he sort of got sort of done by the romance of it a little bit? I mean, and it's very easier said than done. And I guess he probably doesn't know Fergie's going to leave in a year. Yeah. But in terms of being the right decision, if he'd gone to Man City, would he got three years and like a load more titles? No, I don't think so. I think with a person, I think if you offered it, because when you think of that person, you think of that one season, you forget everything after that because it, it, it all petered out. So I think yeah. if you had told him at the time in 2012, you're going to go to Man United, but Fergie's only going to be there for one season and then it's just chaos. You don't know what's going to happen. I don't think he goes. I think mm. I think maybe he does choose Man City for the longevity of it. But again, like he's, he's won the Premier League of Manchester, one of the biggest sporting institutions in the world. They got to play under Fergie. Nah, like, he doesn't regret it at all. Maybe maybe uh, yeah. it's a trade. Maybe Arsenal fans do think it's a trade. I'm not going to say that he's not. What's but you, what's better? Is it better to be Edin Dzeko and win the league? And this might be the wrong example. I can't remember when he left Man City, but win the league three times, or be Van Persie and be the guy, Golden Boot, hat trick to win it. Everything was about you for one season. Mm. It's that, isn't it? Yeah, that's it. That's the answer. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Fair. Uh, Fabregas, they weren't happy with either. It was a, that was a tricky time for them, with and I think that's that's a difficulty, and this is one where actually again and this Man United pocket we did a little while back they they weren't um, Tottenham fans weren't happy with me saying that if Man United should go for someone like Postecoglou, and for me it was quite a well trodden road. Maybe there's been a huge gap and so much has happened, uh, but the sort of Carrick or the Berbatov or Teddy Sheringham, and again, I know it's a long time ago, or even sort of, if you're putting Man United alongside of Real Madrid, maybe you're not now. Again, maybe I'm sort of, things are morphing and changing. There are There is an acceptance to certain moves and mm. off generally a move to Man United is an accepted move. But maybe as generations like make their way through, you start to look at clubs a little bit differently. And so it'd be interesting to see in 15 years time, or so, over the next five years, like will that step from a Tottenham to a Man United? Are they side by side now, mm. or are Man United still the lower gun? Sort of yeah, thing. where like yeah. where do you think 
with how well Tottenham are kind of run at the moment, do you think Tottenham are side by side with Man United? No, I don't think in prestige and 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 pull factor. No, I still think Man United would have the edge on them. Like we even saw Mason Mount taking them from Chelsea after being so long there. Like Man United still are still that. They are still that. But you're right. It might. They might not be that in, in 10, 15 to 20 years, mm. you know? Okay. Um, We've got to talk about Sol Campbell. Okay. Did Sol Campbell rob Spurs of becoming an established top club like Liverpool, which they're on their way, or Man United? Sol Campbell left Tottenham after over 250 appearances to sign for hated rivals Arsenal. This is the, the first traitor, I think, to, of Sol Campbell. Yeah. Especially because he, he did the Delft thing. He did an interview saying he was going to stay. What's that all about? And, and then, it was, again, it was an, do you know what they all use as the ambition thing, I think, as well. But things could have looked completely differently if he'd stayed. Ledley King had already made his debut for the club in 1999, but was still coming through when Sol Campbell left. If he'd stayed, it would have been likely that Campbell and King would have formed what would have been a fantastic centre-back pairing. 2006-07, um, Spurs got to the semi-finals of both the League Cup and the FA Cup, but lost both to Arsenal. Sol Campbell wasn't playing by that point, but he could have been still at Spurs at this point. Could have been an absolute legend. He was at Portsmouth by this point. Actually, another little ripple effect, I think, by Campbell going, if Campbell stays, you're probably maybe not buying Woodgate. I'm not sure if these times sort of overlap correctly. And Woodgate got the goal off his face from um, oh, yeah. Chelsea. So maybe Woodgate could have gone back to Newcastle. Hey, I'll take that. <laughs> there you go. go on, then. Could have all worked out. Yeah. Um, if he'd stayed at Spurs, who knows? Spurs could have done a double that year with a defence that would have been unbelievable. And, uh, okay, I'm not having this, Kai. Could have kicked off a dynasty. Not going that far. <laughs> but if you've got a centre-back pairing of Sol Campbell and Ledley King over a six-year period as, like, the foundations of something. They could have won yeah. something. Saul Campbell, Ellie King, Stephen Carr right back. Oof. I love that. They I could have been it. further along, maybe. <laughs> that, that is the what, like, flower for my mate would just utterly hate. It's Saul Campbell so much. He does hate him? Hates him. Hates him, yeah. They all do. They all do. And I can't, I can't defend Saul on this one. That is treacherous. But he was vindicated. He was vindicated. Won it all. He won it well, all. Invincible. Not European trophy, but yeah, yeah invincible. Scored absolutely. a Champions League final. Yeah. Yeah, he did. Yeah. He's quite unlucky with scoring generally. Scored in the Champions League final, which they lost. And then uh, 2004 scored. Portugal. Discounted. Yeah. 98. Which, which should discounted. have been disallowed, by the way. So you can stop sending death threats to the ref. That was a foul <laughs> on the keeper. Uh, okay. And, uh, sorry, we, and we were robbed of one of the funniest moments in football. So Palmer Man, 85, says, it has to be Gallas. Literally said that he would intentionally score an own goal if Chelsea didn't sell him. Yeah, he's <laughs> got no amazing shame, stuff. And he wore the number 10, didn't he? Other shouts include, uh, Joe W says, Lukaku joined Chelsea, did the interview saying he wants to go back to Inter, rejoins Inter on loan, wears the number 90 shirt as a dig to the club. 90. Don't know what that means. Mm. 90. Oh, is that because he cost 90 million? Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's bad. Ben McKay, uh, probably Ashley Cole, but there's quite a few to choose from. RVP, Fabregas, uh, George Graham. It's true. Mm. As he went. And Johnny Frog Splash. Nice name. Harry Kuehl. The day he returns to Ellen Road in any capacity would not be a good day for football. The aggro would make the 10 o'clock news. He, I mean, he just went to Liverpool, though. No, no. There's more to it. He went to Galatasaray. And Galatasaray oh. and Leeds. Then a couple of fans yeah. get stabbed. Yeah, yeah so. that's terrible. Oh, yeah. wow. I didn't realise that. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Saved you. Uh, mate, thank you so much. Really, really appreciate you coming down. Nice to chat to you, mate. That was um, there is a link to the Irish guy, which is this man here, uh, in the description. Go check his channel out. It's 
funny and interesting and insightful and just good stuff. Um, if you are listening to the podcast still at this stage, then you've enjoyed yourself. So be kind. Click a couple of buttons for me. Follow the podcast. Give us a five-star rating on Spotify if you're listening on Spotify. And you know what? Have a great day. Hey. All right? See you soon. <laughs>